Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, the podcast where we break down the delusions, fallacies, and misunderstandings about markets, investing, and risk. I'm your host, Ken Goldberg, and I've spent the last four decades immersed in the world of finance and investments, from big Wall Street firms to the Chicago trading floor. I founded and sold three hedge funds, won the World Cup trading championship, and my insights have been highly sought after as the most read outside contributor at thestreet.com. In this podcast, it's just you and me deep diving into the topics that most investors just don't understand. I'll be sharing my experiences, observations, and strategies to help you level the playing field and make more informed decisions. So let's go. Well, here we go. This is going to be an eye-opener. This is one of the episodes that I do once in a while when something really needs to be focused on. And so if you will do me the favor of scrolling to the first chart, we will jump in. So what does this first chart show? The first chart shows the total outstanding credit balances of credit cards that has now risen to over $1 trillion. Well, we don't really have a good way to notice what that number is. So this chart shows us what's happened with this credit card balance figure going back to 1999. Why not before 1999? Because before 1999, it wasn't tracked. But remember that 1999 included the dot-com peak, the tech mania, and people were definitely out there using leverage and credit cards at that time. You can see that since that 1999 low into the 2007 peak, credit card balances reached up to about $850 billion. That was a monster high. And as you can see what happened after that from late 2008, that number contracted along that green line in the direction of that red arrow because the bear market came in. It was a great financial crisis. Housing was tanking. Banks were tanking. Stock markets were tanking. Everything was tanking. So that created a massive economic contraction. And as you can see, that red arrow points through that ride. Then what happened? Well, in 2012, 13, 14, markets started to stabilize. The government bailed out all those bad offenders from 06 to 09. The government issued all kinds of mortgage-backed securities, and they took in all kinds of bad debt, and they replaced them uh, with better debt, and they made the banks look better, even though they weren't. What happened? The economy took back off, and that credit card balance number rose to the 2020 peak. Well, what happened then? Well, there's this little dip, but that's COVID. Well, remember that COVID, everything was closed. You couldn't really go out and travel. You couldn't buy too many things. You couldn't do very many things. So credit card balances were temporarily contracted due to the closures of the pandemic and the fact that nobody was doing anything. Then what happened? Well, like the government did in 2008 or 2012, 
printed money like it was literally going out of style. They turned on the COVID printing presses and dwarfed the amount of money that was printed back in the great financial crisis. The government printed so much money that it literally forced people to go out and spend money they did not have. Interest rates were so low that the thinking among the public was that, well, it doesn't cost anything to borrow the money. I'll just pay it off later. So that is this latest surge in the green line up into the current circle. Here's the bad news. The bad news is that that never ends well, especially a straight up line light we've seen. This is even steeper than the rise from 1999 to 2007. This is literally straight up or what we call parabolic and parabolic rallies always end badly. Typically, they move back to the origin of where they began. So the origin of where this one began in credit card debt was somewhere in the latter part of 2020. Here's the real bad news. If the coming contraction is only equal to the contraction that we saw from 2008 to 2013, if it's just that bad, then the solid red arrow shows to what, what's about to happen in credit card balance contraction. Now, in a way, credit card balance contraction is good. That means people are no longer spending money they don't have. But the only reason that we as human beings stop doing that is because we lose our jobs and our quality of life goes down. Our portfolios go down in value. Our housing prices go down in value. Our salaries go away or go down in value. We may be forced to take uh, jobs that pay less. And in general, we feel less secure. So that's what's coming based upon history. A whole bunch of different reasons why we're about to feel less secure. And because of that, we're about to um, lower the amount of credit card debt that we have. So that's that solid red arrow. If this coming next two or three years is only as bad as the prior instance, which was 2008 to 2013, it's probably not going to be that easy. History shows that this coming contraction is going to be a severe contraction. The Fed's not in the money printing business anymore. That's what they used to do. That's not what they're doing now. What are they doing now? They're tightening credit. And that also doesn't usually end well, which is why the, the red dashed arrow is a better historic target. That tells us that we may not just fall back equal to the fallback in the great financial crisis, 2008 to 2013. We may fall back all the way to that level of 2009, 10, 11, and 12, which from where we are now to where that might take us would be much more severe than the great financial crisis. So what does this all mean to you and me? Well, if you'll do me the favor of checking out chart number two, hypothesize what this could mean. If you look at the chart to the left and you focus on the letter B, that letter B was the red circle to the left in the former chart. The red circle in 2008, 
That's letter B. What happened to the market after that red circle on chart one? Well, we saw a big slide for five years. This is what happened to the market. The Dow peaked in 2008, let's say 13,000. It fell to 6,700, maybe a little lower. It essentially fell more than 50%. That's not from the all-time high in 2007. That's just from the 2008 high, which was not an all-time high. So that slide alone from big, bold B to big, bold C at the bottom, more than 50%. So what does that mean to us? Well, as I showed you in the first chart, it's possible that we may only see something as bad as 2008 through 2013, in which case we might expect the Dow to fall again 50%. Well, if that were to happen, that would take the Dow from its current level of 35,000 or so down to 17,500. As you can see, that's below this chart. That's where these arrows are pointing. And again, that's only if the markets and the economy react equal to as severe as they uh, contracted during the great financial crisis. Historically, though, there's a case to be made that they could be actually in store for a worse scenario, a worse outcome. And if that's the case, I ran out of room to even draw the arrows. But as you can see, it won't be good. So what this is really is not an opinion, because I don't have an opinion whether this is going to happen or not. What I do and what we at DSC Advisors do is we look back in history and we see and look for the footprint of what we're seeing now. In other words, where in history does what is visible now lead to back then? And the most recent occurrence of the current scenario to the most recent scenario that looked like this is 2007, the peak, the decline into A, the rise into B, and the crash into C. That's like our current peak in 2022, the decline into A, the rise into B, either done or about to be done, and what should be the crash into C. And these are the projections for equal price damage that occurred back then. And if you want to go back up to chart one, you can see equal uh, constriction damage, equal recession or even worse damage. So again, chart one is the economy as seen through credit card balances. And chart two is the actual damage to our portfolios, which means our net worth and possibly very likely our housing values. Because as you may know with your own situation, our stock portfolios are quite often linked to our home value. We, we tend to borrow money when things are doing well. We tend to borrow money from our homes and buy stocks because we've run out of money to buy stocks uh, with our cash. Sometimes we then borrow money from our stock accounts to buy a second house or a vacation property 
or a Airbnb plan where we think that, hey, as long as people continue to make the payments, then my mortgage is covered. Well, what we're finding is that the demand for Airbnbs are falling, as are the demands for hotels, as are the demands for resorts, as are the demands for a lot of things because we are fully cashed out. Again, evidence for that, record credit card balances. We're not just spending money we don't have. We're not paying for what we just bought. In other words, the buy now, pay later mentality has never been more extreme than it is now. The last time that happened, 2008 to 2013, that ended badly. The markets fell 50%. Here we are again at the same mentality, at the same buy now, pay later, at the same complacency that someone else is going to keep us from hurting ourselves financially. And likely, we're setting ourselves up for another very bad ride over the next couple of years. So the, the moral of today's episode, the lesson to be learned is let's look at what currently is happening. Let's look at what has occurred in the past when a similar situation has presented itself. And let's decide whether we want to go through what happened following that last situation. In other words, do we really want to sit on losing stock positions, falling house prices, and declining 401k values for five to 10 years from now? So with that in mind, let us know if we can help, if we can coach you through anything, if you've got questions about whether this scenario applies to you, get in touch, give us a call. We got you. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Hey, I really wanted to thank everyone for honoring us and taking the time to listen to our show. There's, of course, tens of thousands of podcasts out there now, and we're grateful that you find the time to come back and listen to ours. Just know that we got you. <laughs>